Will you please welcome our guest moderator, BBC Radio 1 DJ, Edith Bowman. Wow. What an amazing crowd. Thanks, guys, for all being here. I know some of you have come from far and wide as well, so what an incredible turnout, uh, and it's testament to an incredible selection of people who have got a very funny film on the way, 21st of November. Um, let's crack on, let's get on with it. Before I welcome them out, let's take a look at what Gambit is all about. Old man just caught me out. He's expecting you. What? This is a story of Harry Dean. A long-suffering employee of multi-billionaire Lionel Shabandar. Have a look at these. Now he would have his revenge. His plan relied on a fake painting and a real cowgirl. How would you like to make half a million pounds? God. These nice people want to take a picture in the house. Straight. Beautiful work. You'll never suspect it was a fake. Monet's haystacks. For years now, Chavendor has been seeking it with a passion. Haystacks dusk. I guess Harry here told you about this painting I'm aiming to unload. Perhaps you might be my dinner companion. Why, thank you. Man's a bit of an idiot. Oh, fuck at me. Why were you out on that ledge? And why are your pants hanging in a tree? Oh, let's burn it out! The man we're dealing with is not about mixing the professional with the personal. You know what I'm talking about? Oh. Maybe I don't mind being seduced by a multi-zillionaire. The man is a helpless ignoramus. Watch out! Had you hit the goal? Had you hit the hole? <laughs> I got you about the short and curlies. Excellent. Let us get down. <laughs> this is bloody marvelous. No problems then, sir. Security was a little tough. Oh. Not forgetting anything else, are we, sir? Hmm? No, no, I shouldn't think so. Please welcome to the stage director of the film, Michael Hoffman, Tom okay. Courtney, Cameron Diaz, Colin Firth, and Alan Rickman. Make yourself comfortable, ladies and gentlemen. What a crowd. This has got to be a record. Great. <laughs> great. Welcome to uh, Q&A about your film. Um, Michael, I would lo love to start with you first, if that's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, why were you, you, you so keen to direct, direct this, uh, this Coen Brothers script? Because it was very smart, and the language of it was really intriguing, and I love farce, and I love smart comedy, and it's almost you never get a chance to do it. And, um, and then... I really, I mean, initially, it just when, it, when, I, when I read it, I thought, I really think Colin Firth is the right actor to play Harry Dean. And so he said he'd have a meeting, and I came over here, and I swear to God, the first thing he said to me after I'd come from Boise, Idaho, was, <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm in the mood to do a comedy right now. And that's true. So <laughs> that's I really don't know, what, I don't know what, 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 where that ever 
changed. Maybe it never changed. <laughs> you were right. True now. You were right. You were right. You were right. You were actually. So, uh, so, and then, and then it was one of those things where the the heavens just parted, and I, I've never in my life ended up working with a cast that every, in every case it was a first choice for every role. It was just a miracle. And so, how do you say no to that? Colin, was it because it was a smart classic comedy? I think it's. I just wanted good. to do a comedy, any comedy. <laughs> <laughs> just with another I director. To pick the right director. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's it's an amazing risk, I guess, that a, a director takes in terms of putting people together in a film, and and hope that those that chemistry is going to be there. And it's yeah. not just with Cameron and Colin. It's all those other it's, relationships, no, the circle of, yeah, of characters, yeah, top to bottom, and making sure everybody. It's playing in the same style and understands the world you're in. And yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're working with, with smart actors, then that diminishes the risk considerably, which I was very fortunate to get to do. Cameron, what about for you? What were the, the ingredients that, that were, you know, yeah, I want to do this? Um, okay. <laughs> Tom, I'm going to get you to you in a second. Actually, it does look like she was looking at you, didn't it? She did. It always looks like that. Um, the question was, why did I want to do this? Yeah, what was it? Uh, the ingredients, well, I mean, first off, um, you have a Coen Brothers script, which, of course, is just, you, you know, to be able to say the words of the Coen Brothers. Um, and then the fact that uh, Colin Firth and Michael Hoffman were, you know, are, were attached to it, um, you know, you need a, a really smart filmmaker who understands the material, who can take it and make it as pure as possible. You know, you, this isn't, this isn't uh, as, as Colin says, we're not reinventing comedy here. We're doing something that is very familiar. It's sort of the comfort food of comedy. We know it's what we've all grown up on. It's what we've all sort of um, cut our teeth on, you know, uh, yeah. as a far or humor on. We, it's something that we've all um, gained our spirit from. So for us to go through to it, you need somebody who really understands it and wants to, deliver, to deliver it in that way. And then to work with um, Colin, whom, you know, obviously his talent, um, and he hadn't, when I said yes, he hadn't yet won an Oscar even, and I wanted to work with him. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yes, it you know, to get to work with him and to, to, you know, it's a partnership, and I just knew he would be a great partner, they, yeah. that, he, that both of them would be great partners. Can comedy be intimidating for an actor or scary, Alan? Can, I, can you answer that one, please? Um, no, I really like it. <laughs> uh, I don't find it scary. I, I, I think it's, um, it validates your job because you can't do it without the support of your fellow actors. You know, to, to time a line is not something that you can do on your own. To make a situation funny, you can't do it on your own. So it's very leveling. Yeah. And you become a team very quickly because you want to, but also because you have to. In, in terms of, of Lionel and, and bringing your character to life, you know, the words are there, the director's got a vision. I mean, are you given a certain amount of freedom to, to, to bring something to that as well in terms of your addition to that character? I guess so, because I have to play, without ruining the film, I have to play two, uh, two versions of this character. And one of them um, gave me the opportunity to be as vulgar <laughs> as possible <laughs> without anybody saying that's going too far. Because <laughs> it never was, apparently. 
Um, Tom, there's a great relationship between you and, and Colin, um, which feels like family uh, in terms of the relationship yes, you guys it, have. It, on yes, it feels like it because, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 oh. you see, the, the trouble is, he's, he's a, basically, he's a, he's a very nice man. <laughs> but since he, you know, got the Oscar, made him a bit. <laughs> And uh, fortunately, I had the experience, you know, to be able to bring him down a peg now and again. And so that's why. <laughs> 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 that's why it worked out. Right? You did magnificently. It was more than a peg. <laughs> well, we've got a couple of clips we want to show as well. So we're going to show this first clip, which um, is uh, from a part of the film where you're, both your characters head out to Texas to uh, to. PJ's house. Let's look at this one. Killer whales. Shame. Shame. Hey, Grandma. All right, well, here it is. Take your pick. Plenty of walls to choose from. Good morning. Too fat. Major, you'd like to set your camera up over there. Perhaps if your grandmother would move over for a moment. Grandma Merle. These nice people want to take a picture here in the house. Is everyone in this state named Merle? Fatty, fat, fat. Uh, God, is she unwell? Oh, no, she's fine. Grandma Merle just chews. So she won't move until this repulsive program is over, is that right? Not then, neither. Nope. Her anorexic show's on next. She's really into eating disorders. Here's a fresh you take there. Well, perhaps if we could ask her to slide over a bit, you could both be in the picture. Uh, Major? Grandma Merle? You scooch up, I'm gonna sit next to you. Major, you like to think. Bloody hell. Uh, Miss Buznowski, could you slide a little closer to your grandmother? Uh, ready, ladies? Say cheese. Cameron, in terms of PJ, um, what a great role to. So much fun. Bring to life, yeah? Yeah, so much fun. That's the great thing about a comedy like this. It's, you know, you have an opportunity to make characters broad, and and um, it's essential to the story that the more, um, you know, uh, the, that the two char main characters can't relate to one another, um, you know, especially in culturally. They're just completely different people. Their references to everything are completely different. They both speak English, but they cannot understand a word that the other one is saying. Um, you know, that it's, uh, that to take it as big as possible um, and take it away from reality and that little heightened of reality, which is so wonderful about what the Coen brothers did with the script and the way they tell the story and what's wonderful about farce, you know, um, uh, farcical comedy is is that, you know, you just get, get to take it to a place that um, it suspends reality for a moment. And uh, and I have to mention Cloris Leachman, who was in that scene, Grandma Merle. She was unbelievable. I mean, she's 92, 93 years old. Really? Yeah, and she came to set, and let me tell you, she was a force. She <laughs> nearly took you down like three or four times off that couch, didn't she? She uh, had her legs straight up, and she was like kicking you, and you were like, what is going on? This, this is a woman who's, while sitting on a sofa, can actually, and I'm standing on a sofa, could actually almost kick my head off <laughs> <laughs> without taking her eyes off the television. <laughs> she was so fierce. She was so strong. And not once did she stop. She didn't take a breath the entire day. She just went 
off the mm. entire day. Straight up Grandma Merle, like mm. hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the it's the physical comedy as well that, that's part of it that just that gives it that kind of classicness to it in terms of you know there aren't a lot of films made like this that that have that great script that's that's edgy but it's also got this physical side to it do you do you enjoy that side of it colin is that i loved it and i loved the the physical comedy the opportunity to do a bit of that doesn't you know uh, uh people you know i think people have underestimated my immense com comedic um, <laughs> potential over the years um uh, Clearly, uh, I, it's it's definitely there. I mean, I, I realised I, I actually was walking down the street the other day, and an entire family burst out laughing at the sight of me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was actually with my children. They said, "What's so funny?" I said, "I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just I, I should be exploiting this." But they continued. I mean, they followed me for about five minutes, <laughs> howling <laughs> with with laughter. And ever since then, about a week ago, I've noticed that people have burst out laughing. Uh, just seeing me in the, in the street. They've obviously seen the trailer for the film. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's innate, and uh, uh, that's what I was exploiting. Now, I, I think some of the I, I totally agree with Mike that the, the nature of the script. I think there was there was something very smart, and and um, you know it's, it's very hard to be precise, smart, and broad at the same time. And I think that's in the writing. Mm. But one of the things I thought that uh, was a, a masterstroke from Mike was was that. Uh, introduced the physical comedy and he said I think Harry should be at war with the physical world you know this is somebody for whom uh, everything from a door to a chair to a stapler to a you know is conspiring to humiliate him and I think that got our minds racing you know this chair's too heavy this one comes apart of course in your fantasy it all goes you know a chair is just a chair but in reality it's not a, and I, I I I loved all that and we had a lot of the, of fun just thinking our business, you know. We've got a great clip of it actually, which we're going to show right now, which happens in Lionel's office. <clears throat> and I don't mind shelling it out. I guess uh, Harry here told you about this here painting I'm aiming to unload. Uh, Miss Poznowski feels that in light of the uh, presidential value of the piece, well, hardly her agent, Dean. Anyway, Miss Poznowski seems perfectly capable of expressing herself. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. English is my mother tongue. But, you know, you don't have to miss Puznowski me. Now, you can call me PJ or Jammies. That's my rodeo handle. Or Philomena, which is my real name. <laughs> Thank you, PJ. And you may call me Lionel. Let's hope that doing business on a first-name basis will be conducive to plain speaking and clear understanding. Amen to that, Lionel. <laughs> well, then, let's get to it. I want 12 million pounds for this here picture. That's 6,000 tons if I've done my math right. And maybe you'd like to throw in a nice 4 by 4 and haul it off in with an auto tranny, a CD deck, and graduated tin on the windshields. Please and thank you. <laughs> well, that's marvelous. And tell me, PJ, what makes you think this painting is worth 12 million pounds? Well, Lionel, first off, it's oil. Ain't it, Harry? Indeed, the medium is oil, and its provenance is promising. But I would like to take it to your country house to compare it to its mate before I render a definitive opinion. Is it being shipped in? Arrives Tuesday. Well, that works out. You can run it up to the house, and we'll take a look at it at the gala on Wednesday. You've never been to the house, have you, Dean? Uh, no, sir, no. I, I, I have an annual party up at the estate. Oh, that sounds nice. 
And that's another thing I got going in my favor. You've got those other haystacks that goes with it, and the man ain't exactly churning them out, what with his being dead and all. So, looks like if you want the set, I got you by the short and curlies. I really don't think it's a situation of one party trying to subdue the other. Nonsense, Dean. It's a pleasure doing business with someone who knows her position and is able to clearly set it up. Unfortunately, I have another appointment at 11 o'clock, but I believe this is worth pursuing. How much do you rehearse a scene like that? Do you... How much do you rehearse a scene like that? Or is... You know, in, in, the film's a funny thing because you don't... Um, I don't think you do rehearse in, in the meaningful sense that you rehearse theatre where you, you have a, a, an expanse of time where you're, which is devoted to trying things out, uh, making mistakes. Uh, changing your mind, coming back to the original, you know, and keep... You, mm. you don't go around, you've got a very, very small amount of time. And you... <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Total stranger. <laughs> no, we, you just try it as in the time you've got, and then you, you hope you, you've judged it right, and, you, you know, you, you've still got the editor to try to finesse it later. I remember that day in particular. There was no oxygen in that room. I'm just going to yeah. say. Remember True. that? There was yeah. no oxygen. We had to flee. No, no, no. We were practically on respirators. We were. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had that sort of moment of yeah, uh, we're brain we're deprivation. Everyone, yeah. all, all of us. It's been caught on camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, but we did actually go back and rehearse that stuff with the chairs. Remember? We did I think we did. Take yeah, we had to try things out. And the other thing that I think is really critical that you do and the little bit of rehearsal you have before you stop is stop start is be, is um that you try to agree to be in the same world stylistically i think that was really critical mm -hmm. to try to find a level that we were playing at because with farce especially i mean it's very easy to get abandoned be the one person who's being really big and everybody's like hmm that's mm -hmm. interesting yeah and the, mm -hmm. and and that and get and things can get a little lost yes yeah, so you know you're, you're you're acting in a bit of a void in a way because you, you know you might you, you might try something out that's funny at 7 o'clock that morning. Uh, you've got to repeat it. Yeah. And then you've got to wait for hours. Then you've got to do it yeah. again and repeat and repeat and repeat. And mm. it's very unlikely to be funny by lunchtime. Definitely. You know? <laughs> by so 5 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about 5 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're, it's guesswork. We've got one more clip, then we're going to get some questions from you guys. Um, and this is, <clears> this, is a, this is a big scene in the film that involves, um, involves a, a floor of the Savoy Hotel and a lot of to and fro in. We're going to see a, a short clip from this scene. one of your, that whole thing was one of your favourite bits. 
That Just is like no, it's like an anxiety dream, <laughs> which I'm still praying I'll wake up from. <laughs> you know, where you think you know you suddenly got your legs out in the Apple Store on Regent Street. And you can, this can't possibly be true. It's just, you know, Alan was in front of an office yes. with everything off. Uh, again. <laughs> you were in an office. You were fine. You were confined to an office. I with, was. With yeah. So you had the, the the long shot off for that one. We're yeah. going to throw some questions out to you guys as well. So um, let's start here. Hello, everybody. Uh, first of all, let me tell you that you look amazing tonight. Oh, uh, my question was: uh, I just wanted to know: Are you pigs in movies you're hacked in? I mean, I bet you receive a lot of scripts. So do you read all of them? Uh, how do you do? Who do you want to aim that at? Anyone particular? I'm Cameron, Alan, and um, and Colin. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I had to read it. <laughs> so I apologize. We'll get name tags. Name <laughs> tags. Uh, <laughs> Alan, do you want to start that one off? Um, well, it's a simple <laughs> process, really. Uh, somebody awesome. sends you a script and you read it and you check your availability. <laughs> they've checked your availability as well. And then you find out the, who's in it and um, you know, what's, the, uh, what's the personnel going to be and who you're going to be spending the next... Because it's a big lump of your life. This is the weird thing about a movie. It's two hours to you, and it's maybe six, eight, ten, or twelve weeks to us. And um, you, you want to be sure that that's going to be a fruitful <laughs> uh, period of your life, because uh, that's what it amounts to. But mm -hmm. ultimately, it's what you read on the page that makes you say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I do that, or I don't know about anybody else. It's a weird, instinctive thing. What did I last do? What do I want to do next? Um, what's the, this word next? Does, it, does the, uh, this word jumping off the page, do I want to say it rather than read it? <laughs> okay, next question. It can depend whether you've got it on a Monday or a Thursday as well sometimes. <laughs> 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 Gentlemen here in this hmm. row here? Hello, um, I'm Henry. Hi, I have Henry. a question for Mr. Rickman. I wanted to ask uh, if you could have a famous painting on your wall, what painting would you choose? It's a tricky question for me because I spent five years at art school. Yes, I know, <laughs> yeah. That's why so I'm So I've got them all in books at home uh, and it changes like everything else in your life. You know, I would say one thing this week, something else next week. Uh, I was just in Bruges and I went uh, to see the, it's not a painting, um, Michelangelo's uh, Madonna and Child uh, in one of the churches there, and I'd never seen it before. It's so beautiful and so magnificent that, of course, I don't want to own it. I want, maybe that's the answer. <laughs> if it's a great painting, I don't want to own it. I want everybody to see it. Good answer. Next question. Answer. <laughs> Lady here. Hi. Um, so I think it's clear after seeing these clips that this is a very hilarious movie. Um, I was wondering if uh, during filming, were there any pranks that took place on set? Any memorable pranks that happened? Or uh, I guess this is for, for anyone at this point. Well, the, the two scenes, the scene where uh, um, Khan is without his pants on wasn't in the script. He just showed up one day without his pants on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was funny, and we kept it in. <laughs> and then... 
there was another day where uh, I think Alan showed up naked to work, just maybe trying to top Colin. I was desperate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, there went to a lot of pl- pranks. Oh, uh, maybe. I think that the clients of the Savoy Hotel, who were not told there was a film happening in the lobby, <laughs> uh, and who got out of the elevator and saw me without my trousers before they saw the film crew, uh, felt there might have been a prank. Um, <laughs> you know, and the people I met in the revolving doors that evening. Um, uh, so, you know, I... I just wish the Savoy had taken the time to alert every single one of their guests that there was a trouserless man downstairs. Next question. With with the genre, would any of the actors uh, see themselves as uh, directors in the future in the in the classic genre of farcical comedy? This one already is, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and will be again. Do you want to direct Tom? No. No. <laughs> no, I would. I couldn't. I don't. I, I, I can't pay attention long enough to anything, no, one no. thing, for it to be completed. So no, I couldn't. All those actors <laughs> to deal with. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, though, Tom, but you and Cameron formed a special bond on this film, didn't you? There's a special relationship there now. She told me earlier. Look, I mean, well, look uh, at that. Th- look at look. I think. <laughs> He just ignores I, I, me. I, I, I do this to him all day long, and he just doesn't even pay attention. <laughs> I, I, I think I prefer to keep it between Carmen and myself. <laughs> okay, any more questions? Hello, I was just wondering, what is the most proudest or most enjoyable film you've ever been in? This one? Know. Yeah, this one. <laughs> this one with these actors. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, think I, it's, I, like, it's the, like saying asking somebody who's your favorite child. It is a little bit. You can't. In front, you cannot, in front of your children. In front of your yeah, children. Yeah, Which yeah. one's your favorite? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I could probably more easily tell you which one wasn't my favorite, but I don't think I should probably do that either. Your um, children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I love doing this. I love making this movie I made before the Celestation, partly because. It took me five years, and it was something about... Ciao. It was, <laughs> so I don't know. But I mean, when you're in the middle of them, I guess what's the truth? The truth for me is when I'm in the middle of them, they're just completely engaging, and after they're done, I almost never, ever look at them again. I don't know. I just never do. I put, it's just a, something that's over, and, and I'm happy about it, and I'm really excited that I took part in it, but I, don't, I, I, keep, I sort of have a tendency to look forward as opposed to back. Alan hasn't seen this film. Yeah, have you? I have. So, it's, so it's his favorite so far. You guys. <laughs> he loves it, it so yet. far. Is yeah. it kind of, how does it feel seeing, you know, the clips from the film? And I can't stand it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's the movie. Just, yeah. <laughs> I truly can't. Uh, I, I suppose to answer that question, it goes back a bit to what I was saying before. I don't actually remember the film. I remember where I was, uh, who I was with, Evenings you spent, uh, laughter, uh, meals, hotels uh, that you checked out of. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember the mood. Tom? Well, I like this one because I, I got to go to, um, where did we go? New Mexico. We to New Mexico. Yeah. And that was very nice. I mean, 
I'm in a difficult position here because I did two films last year, both of them directed by someone called Hoffman. <laughs> uh, Michael Hoffman and Dustin Hoffman. And so, uh, you know, it's a part of me likes to say, you know, I liked uh, working with Dustin Hoffman best, but I can't really. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I used to tease uh, Dustin Hoffman because I said, Michael Hoffman, who I just worked with, he's a Rhodes Scholar. But it was a waste of a tease because I don't think uh, Dustin knew what a Rhodes Scholar was. <laughs> There's a lady here who had her hand up. There we go. Right in the middle, please, if that's okay. Hello. Um, I'd just like to say, Tom, that I've seen Quartet and it's lovely. Well, you oh, thank just you. mentioned okay. it. Thank um, you. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Colin gets so cross. That like that. <laughs> We're here to talk about him and his film, aren't we, Colin? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He's absolutely right, actually. I'm sick to death of this bloody thing. Listen. He talked about it before he did it. I got texts and emails from him during his doing it. <laughs> I got photographs of him on the set with everybody do while doing it. And I've heard nothing about it else since. So, um, uh, you know, that was uh, a very unfortunate question. Yes, it was a sorry. Well, it wasn't I a mean, question, I, I appreciate it, but... I have a question. It's an unfortunate <laughs> statement. It's an <laughs> um, I just like I to hear ask it's delightful, too. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Sorry. Um, yeah. I'd just like to ask, how much input did the Coen brothers have? Um, obviously, they wrote the screenplay, but did they just give it to you and let you do what you wanted, or did they interfere? <laughs> no, well, having written the screenplay is quite a bit of input for a starter, <laughs> for yeah, starters, for sure. which is virtually everything that we, <clears throat> we did. But no, it, they, they wrote this script a long time ago. I mean, I think they wrote this script 2004, maybe? A long time ago. And so, and I think by the time, they, there were a couple of things that we needed to change and wanted to change that we talked to them about, but generally speaking, they were very much go with God, make your movie. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, guys. Um, I really appreciate okay. you all being here wow. and listening. Wow. There's yeah. that many questions, but listening was good. Um, 21st of November, the film is out, and it's absolutely hilarious. A huge round of applause, please, for our guests. Thank Alan you, Alan. Thank you. Cameron, Tom, and Michael. Thank you. Thank you.